when the zip went on that thing, the yeah. whole room was covered in those little bloody because... polystyrene beads and yeah, yeah, and it doesn't help. It's like a magnet for every kid to want to jump in, eh? Oh, yeah, it's immediately. And there's no. We all jumped in a beanbag back oh, in the day. You naughty boys, you too. What? You did the same? Probably. Probably. All right. I can't remember. <laughs> I know that when you roll, you have to roll out of them to get out because you kind of get stuck in the meme. Yeah. That's definitely a thing these days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely an age thing. Middle age. Music! Music! Good evening, everybody. People. G'day. Dave. G'day. Glenn. Hello, hello. 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 G'day, hello. Alice's tonight. The boys uh, got a little bit of flu going on, so they're going to... Get through this evening. Yeah, we're professionals. But, uh, we're you're professionals. Pro- we're professionals. Oh, we're, we're, we're becoming professional. <laughs> I hope so after 48 million episodes. <laughs> now, this... <laughs> and, uh, and, and four listeners. And four listeners. <laughs> That's Dave, yeah. Glenn, me and Martin. Uh, we're not joined tonight. Uh, we're missing Martin again tonight for all our listeners. He's still... Oh, I know he's become a Malteser. I think he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's gone to the Maltese to to brown up his white bits. I imagine. So, <laughs> yeah, quite why quite, quite possible. I don't know. Never been there, but it looks sunny and warm. It's sunny and warm, man. It's nice. Nineteen eighty-one. We are going to review what was happening, dudes. Raiders of the Lost wow. Ark made its debut. Yep. The DeLorean. Came out. Did it was it? produced. Yeah, the From DMC Island. Oh. Yeah. Not, not, not the Michael J. Fox one. Yeah. 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 Oh, it is. That yeah. was the year. They are re- they were really, really bad cars. What was the uh what was the first year of the Back to the Future? When did that come out? Eighty five. Eighty five, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, so it was a little while after. We got the yeah. first first London marathon. Wow. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Never done one. Never want to. Never, never gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, there's loads of stuff. Mozart had an undiscovered symphony. Really? Ronald Reagan becomes president. Yeah. Didn't you know that? Everyone knows no. that. No, well, not obviously not. How did they undiscover it? Did they like get a box set or something? He released a new box set after he died. Mozart. <laughs> really Mozart remastered. <laughs> it was a um, it was a B side hidden in the attic on nice. some acetate that no one knew existed. <laughs> Is that official, or are you just making that up? I got no idea, mate. <laughs> Let's call it official. So that's officially what happened. Um, I don't think acetates were around when he was around. No. Okay. Uh, what else? <laughs> what else did we have in 1981? Beanbags. Bean really. Yeah, bean bags, and you could buy one for nineteen dollars. Oh, that's a bargain. Ecological disasters that they are. Oh, ecological, but just general disasters when they bloody burst. Yes, I remember we, we had we had one at home in Col- Coleman Street, Glen, and bloody hell, when that thing when the zip went on that thing, 
The yeah. whole room was covered in those little bloody because... polystyrene beads and yeah, yeah, and it, it doesn't help. It's like a magnet for every kid to want to jump in, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's immediately. And this name. We all jumped in a beanbag back oh, in the day. You naughty boys, you two. Well, you did the same. Probably. Probably. All right. I can't remember. <laughs> I know that when you roll, you have to roll out of them to get out because you kind of get stuck in the name. Yeah. That's definitely a thing these days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stiff, <laughs> middle age, definitely mid, an age thing. Middle yeah. age, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah. kind of walrus sort of roll over that yeah. whole yeah. thing. Yeah, and there's no, there's not even any beans in it. You can't, kind of, you know. So there you go. Uh, what else happened? Oh, there's loads of stuff. What did Muhammad Ali do here? Oh, he set a career record with 55 wins. Was he still going in '81? Yeah, yeah. He must have been. The towards Ripper the end. was caught. Right. That's just there. Yeah, they caught the Yorkshire Ripper. America's first test tube baby. There you go. Genius. Anyway, who cares? Let's what get on with our review. Um, what about closer to home, mate? What are we here? We had the Springbok tour, didn't we? Oh, hell yeah. 81. Oh. I think that summed up everything, eh? It wasn't a good year. <laughs> oh, New Zealand. It only needs one event to be a national well, disaster. To be fair, that one was pretty bad. Yeah, because um, as bad as it gets, man. That one. Yeah, I was down at the you know down at Parliament a few months ago when it all bloody turns to custard, right? And they started burning trees and playgrounds and crap like that. And I was talking to someone who's like, "Oh, yeah, this is pretty rough, but it ain't nothing like what happened in '81." Oh. I'm thinking, my suburbs on fire, <laughs> 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 and it's not as bad as '81. <laughs> Oh. Yep. Well, it was wow. pretty bad. That was state-sponsored abuse, eh? Mm, not yeah. good. Yeah, the cops not went cool. in there and smashed the hell out of them. Oh, they did, didn't they? Red Squad. What was it? Blue Squad or something, eh? Mm. Yeah, they were shockers. So there's no need for that kind of behaviour, people. If you're thinking about no. it, just say well, no, man. All you need Thank to say God no. we've moved on, eh? We've moved on now. Totally. Which is good. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to move on. We've got some reviews. <laughs> Thank you. He's always, whenever, whenever he hosts, he always rushes us, doesn't he, Green? Uh, yeah, quick, go. He's, he's he's like, no, let's get moving. Let's get moving. Very rushy. That's because I'm short. And I like to get to places quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. If I was taller, I'd be more take, take bigger time. stride, take yeah. my time. Yeah, yeah. So mm. we we have All got right. a bit to get through though. We how did on, you guys on, move on? How did you get on with eighty one? Let's I discuss it. Really hard. Hard. Yes, I did. Difficult. Mm. It ain't eighty two. Eighty two, man, just gold all the way. Eighty one, I struggled. I'll be honest. We've done eighty two, haven't we? Yeah, I could redo eighty two again. <laughs> it was that good. <laughs> eighty two was awesome. Oh, Back in the 82. Oh, really? But... Yeah, it was, was good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was but a good 81, year. 81. Oof. So you had to do a bit of digging? Oh, look, I think I own one record out of my entire stash of all these things that I have. Wow. And there was only one record from 81. Dave, how'd you get on? Uh, loved it, actually. Been living it the whole week, mate. I have oh, only yeah. one record, only one record from '81, but it's a oh, it's a good one. It's a good one, man. And I'll be putting, I'll, just... be, I'll be putting that um, to the test shortly. And 
Film-wise, I could have actually taken, um, and I probably should have in hindsight, Martin's choice, because I don't think he's going to talk about it because he's not here. Well, let's rock and roll. Carry on. His his was Clash of the Titans. Oh, yes. What what the hell's that about? Oh, it was... It's when Titans clash, you know? Totally. I um, saw it on VHS when we got our... VCR record in the mid eighties. I remember Dad hired it, and it's because it's one of those sort What's of Greek clash of the titans. It's that sort of Greek mythology, and you've got Medusas and you've got Pegasus. You know the horses with the wings and stuff like that. And it's just based on mm. sort of all Greek mythology. And nowadays, it it was actually remade not too long ago, maybe ten years ago or something. But it was um, oh. it's an absolute classic from that period. But it has dated terribly when you look at other movies that came out around then that have you know and one which i'm about to talk to soon but you know you had star wars right you had an 80 you had empire strikes back yeah. and you look at some of the movies that came in even like a few years after that and they've dated so terribly com- in comparison it's a high bar that you set though empire is amazing yeah yeah well it is when you any of those old kind of movies where you've got especially where you've got the character medusa with all those kind of snakes and stuff. And they're always plasticine and the kind of yeah, yeah, move. Yeah. And exactly they just it. stop, oh, is it stop that, motion. Is it? It's totally stop oh. motion. Yeah, it's like little clay animation, right? Yeah. And you've literally got someone moving the thing sort of 100 million oh. times for like <laughs> five seconds of footage. And oh. yeah, yeah. It look, and yeah. well, actually, if they did do that, it would look pretty good. But they probably only moved it three or four times. And so it's really clunky and looks terrible. But yeah. You realise we're slag we're slagging off Martin's movie here. I know, I know. <laughs> but he's Martin, not. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> who, who, who was in it? Oh God knows. Pegasus, Pegasus, Zeus. I bet Zeus was Zeus there. I think Zeus was there. Yes. I heard he was a bastard. Eh? Zeus. Yeah. Oh, you probably want to want to want to get on the wrong side of him. Well, I no. just remember him as a wrestler from like 1889. Yeah, and he was hilarious. He'd like hit himself really hard. <laughs> it was Hulk, Hulk Hogan Zeus. versus Zeus, I remember. Is, and yeah, the, I remember funny, Zeus. the funny eye that never could look at the gammy eye, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Eh? Yeah, favorite, was... wrestler, favorite wrestler that you remember? We've seemed to have skipped oh, 10 years. <laughs> favorite wrestler from, I can remember. I did used to like. Brutus the Barber. Yeah, Brutus with the head that clip. Ultimate Warrior for me, man. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yeah. And I look, and in later years, I've sort of begun to, you know, like, I think Macho Man Randy Savage was pretty damn good. Oh, but you can't go past those bushwhackers. They were Jake, just girls. Jake, Jake oh, Snake. Even, even the name, Bushwhackers. <laughs> the Bushwhackers. The <laughs> oh, yeah, the Bushwhackers and Jake the Snake. Those yeah. were the days. Those oh, were the days, weren't they? I remember oh. just basically watching a comic book, eh? Rick Rude. Oh, yeah. Could be, could be real, Dad. Could be real. I used to have massive debates with my mother about that. Of course it's real. I just remember Bruce <laughs> and I, oh. when Dad was lying on the bed watching telly and we'd like light dry, racing on the bed, racing atomic elbow drop. Atomic elbow drop. Yeah. And like, he's looking at the bigger. <laughs> Oh, you guys are serious. Jesus. I remember <laughs> the first time my brother DDT'd me. <laughs> and it was the first time, so yes, there were more. I remember I remember Brett managed to lock on a um a figure four. And I thought he was gonna break my yes, I remember that. I remember that. Oh man. We're like, no, this really hurts. 
And the Twitch has never been the same since. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> For all our oh, listeners, Glenn's got yeah. a horrendous Twitch. But that's oh. where it comes from. Oh, no. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> DDT, too. Jesus. DDT. bad, man. Well, yeah. But I, did I, it hurt? I think I deserved it. How do we get... Ian, you're keeping us up on the on the straight and narrow here, mate. Yeah, yeah, you guys reel it in, man. Shit's sake. Well, Dave, it, the madness. You know, we always got to get a little bit of it in. It just happens it's naturally. Superstars bit of madness. Thing. David, yeah. carry on with your movie, man. What, what did you choose? Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> Stop it now. Do your review. What are we doing, Ian? Go to, oh, go to your bedroom. Music. David. What are we doing? David. <laughs> Doing movies, do are your we? movie, do yeah. your movie, please. Yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Superman! Dude, dun, I have such dun, a good dun, week dun. reviewing this. I um, know you got there quick. You got there quick. I would have picked this in a heartbeat, but you beat me to it. Greatest movie of all time, quite possibly. Uh, the perfect. And it's him. The perfect. Sorry, film. I'll tell you finish your review before I critique it. So, so I reviewed a film. I don't know if you heard of this one, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, what's that about? <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> it's totally classic. Came out in eighty one, obviously, and was mm-hmm. was Raiders of the Lost Ark, not Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, That's you true. know this film, right? Was mm. And, you know, I went through the whole, you know, these films, they put them through test audiences. It was a flop. It was an absolute flop um, at the test audience screening. And it ended up being the highest grossing film of 81. Um, a classic, one of the greatest films of all time. And starring Harrison Ford, obviously. Not Magnum P.I., as it was meant to. How was it a flop? It was a flop at the it test wasn't. screen. The test screen. So how did they get that? Oh, how did they get that? A bunch of morons. Didn't know what. Yeah, I think um, it was up against Superman two. I think from what I was Uh, reading. Ah, yes. And it was it wasn't expected to do very well in comparison. You know, when you have a big draw card like you know Superman, um, Mm -hmm. and let's face it, times were tough. um, You know, so but the money actually ended up yeah, it all trickled into to this film and. Launch well, it didn't really launch, it solidified the career of um, you know, of Harrison Ford. Uh, Steven Spielberg is obviously the director of it, written by Lawrence Kasdan, story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman. Um, like I said, um, Indiana Jones was was meant to have been played by Magnum PI, but he had commitments, I swear. Um, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck, yeah. Totally, be completely different. It might have worked, but might not have. It's hard to know. In a mustachey kind of way. Yeah, totally. It's got some mm-hmm. really cool. I mean, I, I watched this the other day for the first time in a long time, and mm. I just forgotten it how much of how much fun it was. It's a, it's a seesaw of an adventure where it's cat and mouse the whole way through, right? Where he's he's uh, some you know, sometimes the Germans are chasing him, then he's chasing them, and and there's a scene I don't know if you remember, guys, the truck scene where um, they've got the ark in the back of the truck and they take, take off from the um, out in the desert and he jumps on a horse and he's chasing down this truck, right? And I timed it. And it's only about eight or nine minutes long, this whole scene, but it feels like an entire movie in terms of the amount of content in there. So you've got 
um, you got Indy trying to get on the truck, and then you've got them booting out the trying to boot out the drivers, and then you've got the guys in the back of the truck protecting the arc, then one by one climbing over the top trying to get to them. Um, you've got a car in the front where the um, Germans and the SES or whatever are, are sort of watching this whole thing play out. The stunts are real. Uh, you know, the, you got the guy mm. under, underneath the truck. There's actually a, a guy that's they dug out a trench apparently along that road so they could actually fit a guy under the truck as he was going under and they were filming this thing. And he whipped, you know, he's a stuntman for Indy, obviously, for Harrison. And the whole scene where he, you know, he slides in under the truck and then he he connects his whip or whatever to the back of the axle and then he just slides out and he's sort of writhing around oh, at the yeah. back of the thing. That's really happening, right? That's actually happening. And and they said in the making of this thing that if they'd forgotten to clear a stone or a rock or something on that road, the guy would have probably been killed because it, wow. <laughs> it was really traveling at some pace. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's probably why it's held up, right? They've got, um, they've got probably minimal use of digital effects other than the the big scary part at the end, which we all know, you know, the, the spirits and that come out. The rest of it is is all pretty much like Star Wars was done, you know, stop motion and very good old fashioned stunts. Totally, yeah. Um it's when it's people work up. for a living. Yeah, yeah. It's held up and it's so much fun. There's another cool scene in there. Um, do you remember the scene in the the market where there's Indy and there's the girl and um I think she she gets chased off somewhere through the markets um, and there's Indy and he's kind of um, he's amongst the crowd and suddenly the crowd disperse and there's this big, huge Arabian guy with his sword, massive big cleaver of a sword (laughs) and he's just swinging it around, you know, and Indy just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an iconic scene. Do you know the it's, story to the, the yeah, backstory to that? Badass. That is so badass and cool. It's mm. because he had the he had the runs. So Harrison Ford was crook that day that was supposed to shoot this um uh this fight scene. So it was meant to be, you know, hand-to-hand combat. And Harrison's like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I I can maybe do an hour on set, but I can't do anything else. So look, I'll come along and I'll see what I can do. And he basically says, "Look, why don't I just pull out this? My, pull out, why don't you just pull out the gun and shoot the guy? That would work." Wow. And um, Spielberg's like, "Oh, try. You can have a go. See what you know." And it worked. And it's and then Harrison Funny. bolted back to, the to- genius. back to the toilets and um, relieved himself. But uh, yeah, and that's it is. It's a stroke of genius really, when you think about it. Mm. And the whole movie in itself is is just. Um, phenomenally well executed it is it's a treasure it's a treasure of a film so he's a, he's obviously quite a clever bloke because didn't he do in star wars didn't he come up with the line i love you <clears throat> and he I said know. i know he didn't he yeah. choose that yeah. yeah yeah so yeah guys class man class act yeah, absolutely i like yeah. i like the whole i like all the indianas even the late that skull one did you guys like all of them Parts of the skull one, the skull one. It. it kind of lost me a little bit when Andy survived the nuke bomb in the fridge. Seth, <laughs> <laughs> was it a Bosch? What the, what the F? <laughs> I mean, seriously. What uh, the F? Sorry, yeah. I couldn't. I was like, apart from that, apart from what? I just sat there and went, what? Andy's <laughs> in the fridge and he just survived a nuke bomb. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you guys know what there's another one. There's shit. another one coming, right? You know that, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Totally. There's a, there's a five you coming. Know what? Yeah. I, prob- I probably won't watch it. I won't go to the movies and see it. Uh, if it's on like Disney Plus, I will. But mm. um, you know what? I don't want to be one of those old school haters that go, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know what? I'll just watch Indie again, the first one, and it'll be rock on. The, and, the and, first, and, the first yeah. three were awesome, right? First three were pretty good. Yeah. yeah, struggle with the second one a bit, but um, yeah, I did enjoy the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first one, um, it's one of those films that, uh, because it, it it's it takes it, it's it's got that classic, um, you know, they're flying from one country to another. I think he goes from the, from America to Nepal, I think. And then Nepal mm-hmm. over to um, Cairo Peach. or somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. doesn't he? And you you actually see him traveling on. You see the map, right? There's the there's the old fashioned map, and you see the plane going across, and <laughs> going across and landing in, across China, landing in Nepal, and that's where he meets Marianne or whatever her name is. And Marianne, Marianne, and it has that you big watched bar this fight. film, didn't you? Oh, it's brilliant. But yeah. the funny part is when it's coming the other way, and you've got the um. The Germans in their submarine, the bloody th- the map, it's sort of zigzagging all over the place, like they don't know where they're going. It's just, these, <laughs> it's got quite a bit of humor in there. It's funny, um, funny, funny. Yeah, love it. Good movie. Um, actually, the score as well is something else I just wanted to call out. John Williams on this thing. Uh, I know he's done so much other good stuff, but this is up there with Star Wars in terms of how iconic that score is. As soon as you hear that theme, and you can oh. sometimes hear sometimes there's, there's there's just the faint sort of couple first couple of bars of it and like in the market scene and you, you know that shit's going to happen and it's going to be good, right? Yeah, it's unmistakable. Uh, John unmistakable. Williams was probably at the peak of his powers at that point, mm-hmm. eh? yeah. and we've talked yeah. at length about how good this guy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it'd, be good. It'd, be, it'd be good to do a film, movie, or even just movie tv soundtrack thing mm. one night yeah it would one, it would, would be, would yeah. should do that when you look back in indy and it came up we watched something the other day um it was big big bang theory he doesn't alter or change any of the events he indy doesn't need to be there and the same outcome would have happened that's deep it's hilarious he has no impact on any of it. The so, ark would have got away. The Nazis yeah. would have got the ark. They would have opened it. They would have all got wiped out, and someone would have picked it up and put it into storage eventually. Yeah. Indeed, didn't actually change anything. Damn. Who, who thinks of that stuff? It's epically <laughs> cool. If you think back on it later, David Chan, and you go all the events, Indeed. All of them? What about the skull at the start? What about the, the gold skull? That's a completely different story. Oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But everything to do with the arc. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, he, he has no impact on it. Yeah, okay. All right, mate. I'll, I'm up for the challenge, man. I'll be watching yeah. it at my gym it, class it tomorrow. Is, it is fascinating. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I love the film, regardless of that. I just love it to bits. All right. It's top movie. Top nice. movie. Nice. Yeah, agreed. Glenn, carry us on, man. All right, 1981, we went from big budget Indiana Jones to mm-hmm. very low budget New Zealand film. Um, first major New Zealand film that actually made any money. 
and that was Goodbye Pork Pie. Oh, yeah. Um, and that is a film, ridiculous comedy film by Jeff Murphy. Um, and basically all his mates from Blurter and other such bands um, of basically a road trip from the top of the North Island all the way to the South Island being chased by um, the police along the way <laughs> um, with a bunch of reprobates driving a, um, a very little yellow mini. Um, it's classic Kiwi, Kiwiana. It is. It, it is. It sounds like, like New Zealand like, Smokey and the Bandit. It, it, that, <laughs> that it is, except there's no Trans Am. Yeah. There's, there's just a yellow Austin Mini uh, that rips around, chased by Holden um, HQ Holdens. <laughs> Brilliant. Very, who doesn't very like that? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it for ages, and I went trying to look for it, but I couldn't find it. Um, yeah, it was filmed in 1979 with only um, 24 cast and crew. In fact, the police cars doubled as the crew and towing vehicles. Um, <laughs> and the director did some of the stunts himself. <laughs> it's hilarious. Nice. Jesus. And, and the plot, the plot is ridiculously silly. It's based yeah. on a 19-year-old guy called Jerry Austin steals a wallet and he uses the cash and drive his license to rent a yellow mini. Mm. And with no particular aim in mind, he sort of drifts to Auckland, picks up a guy called um, John, um, whose girlfriend had just left him um, uh, to go to Invercargill. And so they <laughs> he picks, goes, oh, I'll take you some of the way. And um, they sort of get into trouble with the police with accidentally driving off without paying for fuel. Um and then get chased again by the police. So that's the second time the police are after them. Then they pick up the female interest of the film, um, Shirl, who's heading to Wanganui. And, and then she the informs the, yeah, and she inform, informs the duo that she's a virgin. And Jerry makes a bet that this will change before reaching Wanganui. Um, <laughs> again, failing to pay for petrol this time on purpose. In the central North Island, they're chased by a motorcycle officer. Um, Cheryl doesn't leave at Wanganui. She stays with them to Wellington. And there's that famous scene of the yellow mini racing around Wellington Railway Station on the platforms, um, oh. which is quite iconic. Um, and eventually they get across to the South Island and get chased some more. So, yes, you're, you're absolutely on the money. Um, it just gets even more and more stupid. Um to the end where they finally oh the mini gets caught on fire and yeah john meets meets his woman down south um but then the police around the house and he surrenders and that's it um it's actually quite a rollicking sort of a yarn it's quite silly um it's fun to see new zealand on film at that time mm. and um was there yeah. a sequel no no, no, there's no need, no need for a one. sequel. Yeah, no. they, they actually remade it in 2017, but I didn't yeah, see right. that. Yeah, I thought but that I'm just like, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's what? just, I remember it being silly, and I think it, based on what I've just described, it sounds ridiculous. I just couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. It wasn't on TV. Did you, Plus. Did you try the um, YouTube, charity yeah. shops? I don't want to buy it. The charity shop baskets, it might be. Oh. <laughs> it seems a lot of effort. 
Um, oh. Anyway, um, if you do manage to find it, listeners, mm. um, I would recommend seeing it because it is really silly and fun. It's nice. my it's nice. my review. I think I think that's um, I think that's true as well, isn't it? Some of these older movies that we've been reviewing, I think maybe for us because of our age, the eighties, it's really nice to see like look back at the what thing the, what places were like and clothes and all that stuff yeah there's definitely that nostalgic thing to it right yeah unlike you know david's one um andy will you know live on forever because it's a period piece and i suppose goodbye pork pie has become a period piece as well um um but yeah it definitely shows it's that it, it is what it is New Zealand in November, November 1979. Mm-hmm. What did, what year did Came Hot Friday come out? It was 85. Uh, 85. Yeah, so this is really the start of, you know, some mm. good things for New Zealand cinema. Yeah, right. It's sort of like a kickstart for Yeah, Chief Murphy went on to become a Hollywood director as well. So, yeah, good times. Oh, good. What about so you, Ian? You what have well, you got, mate? For me... I chose a movie, and it starts with some of these kind of words like this, and I quote, Are you all deaf and bloody blind? I say it's not fair. Any ideas? Right, let me give you a little bit of a few bars of the music. I think we need Martin. We need Martin for this one. Let me give you about eight notes. Da 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 da. Oh, oh chariots of fire! Oh, well done, boys. Chariots of again, fire again. Yeah. Soundtrack, Vangelis, man. Vangelis, I- iconic. Yeah. Just mm. eight notes. I mean, you know what? We all go. We all, yeah. We definitely give old John Williams, JW, a bit of a, you know on the pedestal but and which he deserves thoroughly but yeah there are some good composers out there you're right maybe a little potty on that van gallus is up there eh? he's um he's done some neat stuff man i thought um, mr bean i thought rowan atkinson mr bean did that song you didn't what? see the 2012 what? london olympics you don't remember the opening ceremony where you had Rowan Atkinson playing the piano that one note? Din, 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 din. And in the background of the chariots of fire, and then they're running along the beach, right? And then you've got Mr. Bean running alongside them. Oh, I, I, can't, be- I can't believe you haven't seen that. It that sounds from, good. It was put on from, yeah, because it's English, right? And chariots of fire. And you've got Rowan Atkinson running with all, all the guys in their in their white and their in their white uh, bathers or whatever. It's bloody good. Yeah. Oh. I must admit. I have to say, out of all the Olympic opening and closings I've ever watched, the UK did it best. I just, the pop culture, everything about it. James Bond, bloody I just parachuting in it. with the kid and the queen yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just they do a good job. About it. It, was by far, it was by far my favorite because it was just so silly. And they did that giant homage to the NHS. Oh, which I just thought was just the most amazing bit of political leftism. It was just brilliant. <laughs> and they did a whole sequence on the NHS and the and the hospital beds. Marvellous. All round. Top notch. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> no, that's all right. You guys like... carry on. Oh, fuck <laughs> Chariots yeah. of Fire. My dad loved uh, yeah. that film. This oh, he loves it. My yeah. old man loved Chariots of Fire. 
Have you guys watched it from the not, start to not, the finish? Not in a, like a, oh gosh, 30 yeah. years. Uh, so I don't think I've ever watched it from start to finish until reviewing it. Um, I've seen bits and bobs and, you know, but it's a, it's just a really good movie. Mm. Uh, I think it was the first movie that gave me, uh, probably I remember at that time, an awareness of movie music that's probably the first one maybe because my parents might have rented it or something mm. but uh i definitely remember thinking wow that's kind of cinematic massive sound you know what i mean different yeah. to a yeah, song totally. i had a mum and mum and dad mum had a tape of um like famous music scores from around that time um, like the main themes and mm -hmm. um I think I'd heard the themes and I most of them I've never seen the movie. Yeah. I think uh, you'd have yeah. like Officer and a Gentleman and those sorts of films on um, there, right? The Deer Hunter. The Deer theme. Hunter, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's no way yeah. I would ever be allowed to watch The Deer Hunter. Jeez, no. <laughs> uh it's a British historical sport drama by Hugh Hudson. It's based on a true story about the nineteen twenty four Olympics. Um yeah, what have I written down here? The music's amazing. It won four Academy Awards. The acting's fantastic. Uh, the storyline, quite interesting, actually, because it touched quite a lot on the uh, sort of prejudice, overcoming uh, prejudice with the Jewish guy in it and, and the other guys running just for, you know, pure love of the sport. It's actually really good. It's, it's, it's a good story. It's a good watch quite long uh it's yeah but it's a it's a kind of sporty drama so mm. your drama movies are a bit long mm. um but i really enjoyed it i'd probably give it like a seven out of ten uh, i'm probably more of an action kind of a dude you are indeed yes yeah i like a bit of you know blood and guts but this um you know <laughs> This is, if you've never seen Chariots of Fire, I think it's worth it's worth a, a shot. Sometimes you need something to get your teeth into, and that's what a good drama can do, yeah. eh? Good, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. If you want to get your teeth in it, good movie to go for. And to take us out, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, do that. Playing Chariots of Fire. Dan. You guys got to see it. It's so good. That big long snare drum echo, eh? <laughs> it's so funny. Fun to see him run in the bench, anyway. Welcome back. Movies, music, madness. Did I get it in the right order? 1981. Yep. 
Glenn, you can kick us off with the 1981 right. album review. Okay, well, um, I've chosen something that I thought I probably should have listened to probably years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've chosen um, Computer World by Kraftwerk. Um, Kraftwerk, have you guys know much about Kraftwerk? I know nothing. You know nothing, German band, famous oh. because they gave up on getting a drummer because drummers are hard work and just did everything with synths and moogs and whole range of, you know, analog analog um, equipment, but all effectively um, electronic sounds, really. Um, they had a number of hits um, and albums in the late 70s with oh, Autobahn, um, was it Trans Europe Express or something or other? Um, so I don't know why I haven't got into them, just never had the time. So I chose um, this one, 81. Um, it's called Computer World, and it's effectively a conceptual album about computer technology and everyday life. Um and talking about home computers and digital communication and potential warnings about digital. Um, because but, I think 81 was the year that, what happened there? Was that the first, was that the year that they put out the first Microsoft package? I read something about that. There was something quite big going on in the computer. World. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So they were writing about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and effectively, they were making music that arguably I'd heard already, but I'd heard it sampled. The album has been hugely sampled over the years, um, and it pops up in all, a whole heap of um, heap of other songs um, from a range of different artists um, over the years. Um, Coldplay nicked the riff for one of their albums. Oh, did they? Uh, called Talk. Um, LaRue used it. Um, African Bombarda um, used it um, as well. Um, so, oh, crikey. It just it went on. Fergie used it for one of her songs, Fergalicious. LCD Sound System used it for Disco Infiltrator. Um, so it's one of those massively influenced sort of songs. I think there's a couple of Phoenix Foundation songs that even feel like elements of it have been ripped off these guys as well. So wow. okay. massively influential. Um, so, yeah, all of it remarkably recorded on an analog, no computer technology involved in the making of it. Um, wow. so, I know, go away. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh. so I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think Computer Love is just probably an exceptionally great song. Um, I think if you listen to it, even just for that one song, um, it's epic. And that'll be the song that I choose to put on tonight. Um, yeah, here it is.
that is computer love by Craftwork. Um, it is but yeah absolutely it's an amazingly cool song um the rest of them are all right um and i think it's dated a little bit um however it really does sort of crikey become the um almost one of the benchmarks for electronic dance music that sort of the edm movement that is still going strong today i imagine our um oh crikey um dom who we had on as our special guest i imagine he used it sampled it and done a whole bunch of stuff with it um because it's that good yeah so i enjoyed it um i think it's quite a quite a cute album and i think computer world is just an exceptionally awesome song that will always be on playlists that i put on nowadays it's that good mm. yeah ma'am well, so looking at choice. the t- looking at the technology uh facts of 1981 it was the year the term internet was first mentioned mm. it was also ibm launches its first pc with microsoft software ms dos that's the thing i read before ah, uh, DOS. yeah so there was there was a lot going on with in the computer world i think in 81 a lot yep. of a lot of things were starting to happen right yeah exactly ah. It was peak pack, man. That's all I know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, totally, man. Did you, did you, did yeah. you have a song two off the album? Or could um, you just scrape no, together just no, the I, <laughs> No, don't be dumb. Um, but yeah. my favourite was obviously that song. Um, I did like also um, Home Computer as well. thought that was rather funny. I thought si- I enjoyed side two more than side one. So here's a bit of um, home computer.
interesting. Yeah, Excellent. it is very interesting. It is good fun. A bit of craft uh, work. Yeah, yeah, something different for me. So I will, you know what, listeners, I'll go and track down and listen to a bit more of craft work because um, I found quite a lot of beauty in it and it was very cute. Are they still going? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think no. I'd be quite old now. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it sold, sold really well. There was a world tour that went with it as well. Um, even reasonably big in New Zealand, 28 on the charts. So that's pretty decent mm. for quite a, you know, let's be fair, it's probably alternative mm. music. But, um, yeah, no, I rate it a... Very good. Thanks, so man. Go, go check it out. Computer, computer love is wonderful. <laughs> that sounds wrong in the wrong context. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, funny. Sorry, I just cracked myself up. <laughs> You're sicko. <laughs> it's, it's easy to do. Oh, David okay. Chan, save us. God. <laughs> Hello. <Please. laughs> hey. Let me take you back to the human league. Oh, yeah. 1977, band from Sheffield. What can I tell you about the Human League? I learned a lot about the Human League this week. I've got the album. So the album I'm reviewing this week is this one, Dear. This is this is an old one too, so it's not a really Dear. Good album. One. Yeah, it's great, great um, gatefold. So you've got the pic, a picture of Phil Oakley, who's the singer songwriter, and then you've got um, Joanne and Susan, who are the um, vocalists, and then I think the drummer. I can't remember his name. Sorry, but the drummer. I love how androgynous they all look. Totally. Um, he looks great, doesn't he? Look at that makeup. It's a great yeah. album cover. Yeah, interesting um, backstory to these guys. I didn't know that uh, just before this album came out, um, like literally a year before, um, it was a uh, a band that had um, Ian Marsh and Martin Weir in it, and they basically said, look, we're not making any money. We're not doing we're not doing gigs. We're we're struggling. We've got to go. We're going to go and do something else. Um, and they basically left the band in around 1979, 1980. Um, and so you had Phil Phil Oakley, um, and you had the drummer. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, and you and you had these guys um, with all these commitments to uh, to play basically unprofitable events at pubs and clubs and gigs around the place they were threatening they were being threatened you know with lawsuits and that if they didn't stump up with with something so wow he goes and so basically he goes this is phil oakley the the lead the lead um singer songwriter goes and recruits two teenage girls from a club one's 17 one's 18 they're still at school high school they need their parents' permission to join the band. Risky. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, that would and, have been an awful, really awkward conversation. Yeah, but he recruited them because they looked they, they, they looked the part and he just said, look, they, they are the look. And the thing with Phil Oakley, right, if you know much about him, he's, the music's actually secondary to the imagery, right, mm. which is interesting in this, but really he's all about the visuals. Hence why he wore, you know, he was he was the guy. I don't know if you remember, um, for at least the first five years of Human League, he's the guy with the the hair to one side, 
um, yeah. dark hair, and it's all sort of yeah. parted, and and it sort of came down across one side of his one side of his head. Um, and he wore, you know, heaps of eyeliner and uh, foundation and lipstick, and he, and he, and he, and he's as as straight as a ruler, right? So he was accused of being homosexual and that during the time, but no, none of that. He just liked the look, um, and so that he. I, he Sorry, you go. I, I bet. I bet as an old, an older guy, I bet he's really glad he doesn't have to do that every morning now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. it must be a rigmarole, and he can now just grow a few whiskers and just get on with it. And he, ha- <laughs> and he has. He looks like just any of us. It's strange seeing him in interviews right now. Oh, the poor you can, guy. You can, you can kind of see. It's more like the Tears for Fears guys. They look <laughs> look quite different. So you know, uh, but I digress. Digress. So it is funny when you see bands that you liked and in your head they still look <laughs> like your yeah. album covers, and then when you rock up to one of their gigs, you go, Oh, yeah, he's like a really hairy John Candy. He was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's quite funny, yeah. In your head, that imagery always stays there, mm. a hairy John Candy, yeah, not yeah. that. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> anyway, back to the album. Leave John Candy out of this. So you see, Wallace is just as bad at like, he is. Um, so he is, he's probably the worst. I'm shallow, as you know that. You guys know that. So, so Philip pulls this out. He writes the songs for this. He's he's the songwriter, by the way. Philip Oakley is okay. the sole yeah. songwriter. He pulls this album together, right? And he, and it's pretty much the Phil Oakley show um, from start to finish. Although towards the latter stages of the album. You've got um you've got Susan and Joanne um starting to come in with their vocals and I think Susan's the lead vocalist, I think, on their big hit, Don't You Want Me? So by the oh, end, so they actually did something in the band. They did. They apart did from look good. They danced. Yeah, no, 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 no. So they were on top of the pops and that, and you can see them dancing and they look good, but but at this stage for this album, they don't mm. feature a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um the fact that they feature though is probably I mean, the thing is they're still playing, right? The three of them are still gigging. So, I don't know, 40, 50 wow. years or whatever it is, you're still going strong right now. It's so, awesome. Yep, it is awesome. And testament to and, – and so there was a bit of a romance, as you'd, you'd imagine, back then. But they're still going strong, you know. I think it lasted about five or six years. I think it was Susan and Phil, but they got over that and um, still, still writing songs. Um, this album is phenomenally – it's just exceptionally good. This is probably an album that I think Martin would do more justice than me to review because it it is it is synth pop. Uh, it is um, drum machine. It is um, synth bass. Um, I could see Martin. I could see Martin all over that. Totally. Um, yeah. There's some. Does it, does, does it still stack up now? It probably stacks up quite well. It it it's held its own. There's a couple of tracks here which mm. are just. Um, one of them in particular, I I didn't really. I always heard it in the background. And I thought there's some strange things going on there with with the lyrics that you can barely hear because they're so they're so far towards the back of the mix. It's a song called Seconds. Uh, it's on side side two. It's the third song and song on. I'm going to put it on shortly. But this is a song where there's like, um, you know, it's drum machine, right? Heavy on the drum machine. Um, it's got uh, it's got that synth bass. Um, layers of um, electronic instruments sort of building up over the first minute and then Phil comes in and it's a song about murder right mm. so the the lyrics for this um, 
you can barely hear what he's saying because it's so far back in the mix until you get to the chorus. And let me just bring this up here. Until you get to the chorus, it's such a clever line. It's It took seconds of your time to take his life. It took seconds. And he's basically, there's the juxtaposition between someone who's pulling the trigger and it just takes a few seconds to do that. And it's kind of insignificant in terms of it's just a few seconds of your life, but then you end his life. And and it's just that kind of really mm. interesting. Um, Powerful. Just, and, mm. and you couldn't simplify any further than that. Really, it took seconds of your time to take his life. It took seconds. But what I didn't realize is that tucked away in the mix is the gun going off just before you go into this. And I, I was listening, I was like, hey, look up a little bit about the song. And then it like, you actually hear the gun going off. And then he breaks into this chorus, which is right at the front of the mix. It's it's, it's interesting use of sort of um, of, of uh, engineering and, and the, the, the mixing of the song to, to sort of bring it to life.
Um, the other really, really top track I recommend on this one, I'm going to put on uh, shortly as well, is Open Your Heart, which was a, a hit single that they they actually launched the album with. Um, Open Your Heart has a really, really catchy, um, it opens with the hook. So the first, um, first verse, it just gets you straight away and it's really catchy and I'll put it on now. that was the first track released off the album um it did quite well the track that everyone knows and i suspect a lot of people bought this album for to begin with was don't you want me um which was is their biggest hit don't you want me don't you want me baby um a song that phil never rated and didn't want released um the album company the record company had to beg and played with them and do deals for him to sign off releasing it obviously was the right decision in the end because they've basically lived off that single very well um it is their number one hit they've got lots of other songs other albums like human um you know and and others but that song is probably the one that most people know human league for um uh however i think on this album here i definitely recommend Listeners, you check out Open Your Heart and Seconds because they're my two favorites. I will put a little bit of Don't You Want Me maybe on the lead out. Um, but that's it. Dear by Human League. Nice one. Thanks, David. Yeah, I need to have a listen to that. I, I, I'm familiar with their music. I think these are reoccurring things as well that you mentioned there that seem to be happening early 80s. There's a lot of visual stuff going on. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That's important to bands. Yeah, and the album covers, right? There's some awesome album covers when you start flicking through what's coming out in 81. That uh, that Kraftwerk one, that's got a pretty wicked 
cover. That's a computer, isn't it? Yeah, like with their four heads and with the yeah. four heads, yeah, very. There's a lot of that stuff going on. I, I reckon. Um, yeah, the yeah, visuals. visuals well. Yeah, it was important to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, big time. And uh, and it was also important to the album that I'm going to review just now. And I'm going to start my review with track number one, which I'm going to ask Dave to bring in now. Dave, night clubbing, night clubbing. <laughs> you know it. I don't know it. You know it. Oh, this is uh, the album. It's called Night Clubbing, and as you just heard there, that was by the wonderful Grace Jones. And that's the reason I chose this year, 81. Because, yeah, of the review, what have I written down here? So um, the song itself was written by, surprise, surprise, have a guess. Uh, Iggy Pop and David Bowie. <laughs> that's a pretty good guess. <laughs> I, I don't need to guess. I know. I know. Bowie's over everything, right? Yeah, it's off the idiot. I think it's off the idiot album by um, Iggy Pop. It's brilliant. Right, songs all around brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a fantastic album. Uh, I think it's. I when I listen to music, sometimes music for me is not uh, like emotional. It's it can be seasonal. So I put this mm. on, and we're coming into spring, and I thought, yeah, man, it's it's a little bit upbeat, a bit sort of 
post disco yeah okay um so night clubbing by grace jones uh it's good vibes there's so many writers on that album that were involved just amazing uh marion faithful bill withers sting she's covered a lot of stuff and just bits lots of people chucking bits in and there mm. there's a really good write-up on wikipedia about it there's there's a lot of things going on in the album how, how did grace jones get her start well i, think I don't she know was much a, about her i think she, that she was actress this, first this iconic she, 80s performer she 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 played so there's a this very funny clip of um nora rogers uh, talking about Grace Jones playing at Studio Fifty Four back in the seventies, which was a, mm. like, like like the club to play in, right? And she mm-hmm. was she was a headlining act back then. And she says, "So, darling, what you do is you come to the back door and you knock really hard and you say, I am personal friends of Miss Grace Jones.'" And we were like, "Wow, we had heard all of these rock and roll stories about." you know, like take this M&M color out of the bag and stuff like that and do. So we actually thought that she wanted us to say it like that. We didn't know that that's how she really <laughs> sounded. I, I swear to you, true story. We had no idea. So we, cause on her record, she doesn't sound like that. On the record, she's like, time to get down on your knees. And it's all like nasal and then she's killing it. I'm not, so. La Viangros, you know. So we, we, we thought that that was her normal speaking voice, and we thought that this other voice was this rock and roll thing. So we knock on the back door of Studio 54, and we say, hello, we are person. <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is, this is, this is nonfiction here. <laughs> we knock on the door, we say, hello, we are personal friends of Miss Grace Jones. <laughs> and the guy slams the door on our faces. Are there any kids in here? And he says, oh, fuck off. And we went, no, 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 no. We are personal friends of Miss Grace Jones. And we keep trying to get this right. And he's been, I told you. F off, and he had a real huffy attitude. So we thought um, maybe she meant go to the front door. <laughs> so, I mean, but she was clear as a bell. So we went to the front door and that's what is what a guy has the list and he's going, you, 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 um, you, yeah, 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 you, uh, you, you, you. What's your name? Uh, Nile Rogers, um, Bernard Edwards, uh, you're not on the list. Oh. But wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then, you know, there's a whole crowd clamoring. We are personal friends <laughs> of Miss Grace Jones. And the guy looks at us and says, what? And we just said, okay, that's it. So I guess the real answer is, ah. Uh, I've got a feeling she was an, she was an act- actor before she was a singer. Mm, okay. So I think she tried a little bit of that and one led to the other, I think. But... um. Uh, you know, she's classed as, well, art pop. There you go. You know, art pop. Mm. The art thing comes right into it, you know. And she, and she was, I think, just as much an icon as a, 
a singer, uh, synth synth pop as well. She's uh, with Island Records, and Island Records. Um, the album's produced. The reason I like Grace Jones is because all of her stuff is really well produced. Man, it's good musicians, well produced, well engineered. Every album she's done is like that. Oh, so she, yeah. you know, uh, the producer of this album was a guy called Chris uh, Blaywell, is it? Blawell. Uh, and he was the dude that formed Island Records back in 1959 in wow. Jamaica. So yeah. Chris Blaywell. Yeah. And okay. he's responsible for kicking off uh, the likes of Uncle Bob Marley. Mm. Uh, he was involved with U2. Uh, he gave the B-52s the first album. He discovered Spencer Davis group. The guy is just a legend, right? Mm. Mm. Um, the song two I'm going to choose is called Pull Up, Do the Bumper. Oh, baby. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's so know, thank you. So funny. Oh, totes, eh? And we're all smiling as I say it. Yeah. <laughs> because like we all know what's coming. It's um Yeah, it's a naughty song. It's a it's a filthy naughty song with a great groove. And oh, what I else do you want? I thought it was about just pulling up to the bumper of my car. Well it is. Yeah. They didn't have reversing cameras in those days, mate. Sorry, I have not listened to the lyrics. I just, it's a groovy tune. I'll, I'll listen to the lyrics now. It's probably best you don't. No. Uh. They got, it started as an instrumental. And uh, Grace, being Grace, decided she'd put her lyrics to it, which are totally explicit and um, sexually explicit. Yeah. And the producer, Chris, was thinking this is too much for 1981. And. They just rolled with it, and obviously it became a massive hit.
I've been wanting to review like a, a kind of synth pop album for a while. So just getting off the mainstream, even though this is kind of, but uh, I think for me, Grace Jones, she's just such a diva. Everyone should have a Grace Jones album, even if you're not really into her. It's just, she's a diva, man. You're probably on the money there. Yeah. Just get a, get a go and buy an album. You'll like something on it. And and this one is one to one to start with, you reckon? Well, I th- I think this this album Night Clubbing is my favourite. I think it might have been a highest selling album, so it's probably the most commercial. Uh, I would definitely go and get Night Clubbing. Yeah, um, the music's amazing. What have I written down here now? Yeah, this album's quite interesting because she made a comment in the studios that the band that she uses, she always uses session players, right? Mm. And she would just describe them as the United Nations in a studio. Mm. So you're getting this massive collab of like yeah. different nationalities. And as a result, this particular album has a lot more reggae influence, Jamaican influence, as opposed to the disco influence so yeah iconic um cover art it's if you've not seen it, it's got grace jones she's bare-chested um wearing an armani man's wide-shouldered kind of suit thing mm, with a cigarette mm. hanging out of mouth yeah <laughs> i know that one it's, you it's know iconic it. yeah iconic um i just think it's about time we put grace up there uh with with all the other kind of diva ladies, you know, she wasn't afraid to push boundaries, uh, to do her stuff. Um, so yeah, please go and buy a, a Grace Jones album now. Well, download one. Nightclubbing's a good one to start with. Excellent. Mm. And sorry, what season do you associate that album with, Ian? Oh, but I mean, we're in spring now, so I think spring album is it? Spring, come even summer. That's yeah. that's good summer vibes, man. Mm. Nice. And he, the thing is, with those those kind of albums as well, as you get, I think something like night clubbing. Even if you put it on in the background, not to kind of listen to, mm. it's just a good, a feel good album, you know. Hmm. Yeah, she does a good version of Demolition Man on there, which I oh, think yeah. is a song by Sting. Um, yes. Yeah, I think you're right. That, yeah. I think so. She's talented. Eh? Just look at her movie biography. Her CV yeah. is pretty impressive. She was in like Conan and so many cool Bond? movies from the she was early. In James Bond. James, James Bond. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, oh, Mad Max. Was she in Mad Max? Yeah. 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 She's. Which was around the same time, wasn't it? Mad yeah, Max 81? Massively talented. Yeah, yeah. And like oh, I think she's... she was a big influencer on the, the, the boys from Chic. And, yeah. they, and, 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 and in turn, they've influenced many, you know, but, you know, they, they look at her and that's where they got a lot of their um, she's inspiration. Quite, I wouldn't say she's a female David Bowie, but she's, she's pretty blooming iconic. I think a lot of female... She was, you know, definitely for the feminist movement as well. She was, she was all over it, man. She was uh, quite an interesting lady, so. The one I'd like to review um, of a similar sort of genre is Gail Ann Dorsey, who's oh. was Bowie's bassist for 
ages yes, and, yes, oh, yes, yes. Yes. and in her own right is quite the accomplished vocalist um and yeah i must i must must find an album for a year and, and get stuck into into that because um she's super cool as well it's got that just got soul you know yeah i was um yeah she's amazing life um Mm. Yeah, a friend of mine in Perth. Incredible. Was, yeah, a friend of mine in Perth saw her live and just said it was just life changing. Just watching her. This is um a while ago now, but yeah. Hmm. Well, I think if you're going to be in David Bowie's band, you've got to be pretty pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the money, you look so right. Yeah. Um, that brings us to a, a an end of 1981. I hope our listeners have enjoyed our reviews there and there's definitely some things worth checking out i think there's three decent any, albums there to go and oh absolutely any, yeah any runners up fellas in terms of albums that were a close second for your review um no no nah. i just found it hard i just it's a year that i haven't really explored very much yeah god what, what other albums were there dave from 1981. Did you have Dire, Dire Straits put anything out in 81? Oh, had a, a good one in 82. In 82. Love that 82. Yeah. I don't Rush, know. Rush had, Rush had moving pictures. Oh, yeah, Killers. The, yeah, killers he by Iron Maiden. One, eh? Yeah. Iron Maiden had Killers. That's a great album. Yeah. They did too. Man. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, you is it a good album? Is that? Oh man, if you want some classic British heavy metal. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Killers is a great album. Uh Motley Crue. Oh, I I rev- I was going to review the Motley Crue one, Too Fast for Love. And um I listened to the whole album and then realized how shit Motley Crue are. <laughs> yeah. They are so bad. It's like <sighs> Damn. Oh, man. ACDC had a... Uh, those are about to rock. Yeah, mm. good album. Uh, in the Air Tonight. Yeah. That was the, the, you know, the old Phil. We haven't given Phil enough credit, eh? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks had her album. Uh, Belladonna and Pretenders and Duran Duran had their first one. Um, you two had their... October album, yeah. There's quite a few, eh? Mm. Have you got uh, any? Have you got any eating memories from the eighties? Eating what? Any eating memories from the eighties? I remember I did eat. If that's what you're asking, did you? Did yeah. you eat? <laughs> I've got a I've got a cuisine memory. We have went you? to yeah, we didn't because we didn't go out much, but we went to Pizza Hut one night for dinner. Why? Yeah, why didn't we go out much? Let's just stop there for a second. We'll get to. I know. Why didn't we go out much, fellas? Because there wasn't places to go. True. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, had Cobb and, we had Cobb and Co. We had Cobb and Co. Oh, no, we did too. That, but that, that was way in Potty Chicken Ruin. Spot. No, we, had, we, had, we had the big ticks. Big yeah, ticks. We, we used to go there lots. And Fisherman's right. Table. I didn't and go Fisherman's there. Table. And the other one was the Silver Dragon down the beach. Oh, yeah. You we, went there, right? Eh? Was, that was your oh, mate. That was your dad's mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony. We had oh, lots Tony. of places to go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we went 
Big Tex, Silver Dragon, and yeah, love Chinese food. Eh? I never went to Big Tex. I always felt like we should have stopped there. We we never did, and I just felt, yeah. And because of you, they shut down. Missed opportunity. What was it like yeah. then? What was it like? It's good. Yeah, it's great. Good kids' place. Yeah, I used to love going there. It was fun. I didn't want to hear that. They closed yeah. down, mate, because you never went. And just, that's just if you don't closed. support local, they just shut. And there well, you go. It was, it was, it reflected its time. I think everything shuts down eventually, doesn't it? Oh, not us, not us, not us, mate. McDonald's no. doesn't. We're still going. McDonald's will oh, never shut I mean, down. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have all of those places, so when those places all turned up, um, we didn't know what we didn't know how to handle it, did we? Yeah. Well, we went out to Pizza Hut for a family meal, yeah, and we were in Topol at the time, and mm. it was a real treat to go out and have a meal. And they had the Martian toys. Do you remember the Martian toys with the bendy arms and legs? No, I remember no. the pencils, oh, yeah. the little red pencils. Yes, I remember those. Those, same. Always tried to nick them. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Oh. Must have been every kid under the sun wanting to nick it. Did you guys yeah. ever nick milk money? No. No, didn't that's you? that's pretty low. Hell no. Oh, I did. Didn't I didn't. We lost I did we, anything like that. No, because we lost we money. lost we lost a lot of milk money, so I knew that you wouldn't want to do that to someone because I knew how it felt. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go and spend it at the big tech, so that's why it kept me going. <laughs> I remember tokens, milk tokens. Yes, tokens. yes, we had the tokens, yeah. Because people nick money, so you use tokens, right? Yeah, yeah no one, <laughs> I remember them coming in because, yeah, the underworld went, you know, we had a big meeting. The, the, Organised the, crime syndicates. The, the, the carry-owns or whatever. Six-year-olds six year olds in Tawa. Yeah. The, Wallace, the Wallaces. The Wallaces. <laughs> we had a nice spaghetti meal and had to talk about these tokens coming in, what we're going to do about it. Okay. Look, I remember a lot of. I remember. Sounds really bad. I remember eating a lot of sausages. Sausages, <laughs> and they were so bad. Oh. They were so bad in, in, in the in, in the eighties. And what made it worse, right? They were they kept in the warming drawer. Nothing worse than sausages that are stuck in the warming drawer. Oh damn! And they were made with such cheap crap meat as well, mostly sizzlers, water. Cereal. sizzlers, cheese sizzlers. Do you remember them? Had the cheese through used, the middle of them. I used to like them. It wasn't Damn. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, I didn't know you were a hardcore sausage muncher, but that's yeah. all right, bro. Yeah, yeah no, no, stuck in the warm drum. They were awful. And, awful. and because they were in there so damn long, they went thermonuclear and started to like break up and like explode and shit. Oh, Hideous. Oh, it so, sounds gross. Eight, 80s cuisine in my place wasn't much fun. I don't think ours, I, I mean, I hope my mum's not listening to this episode, but I, I don't think our general uh, evening meals and that, they weren't that lavish, eh? It was kind of like silver uh, beet and potatoes. And... Mum and dad have always been quite good cooks, so I, I think I did all right. Yeah. Maybe it's because yep. we had a big family. There were six of us. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. My big, yeah, we, my... Were, we were on the road a lot, um, and so we went and ate out quite a bit in mm. the grand scheme of things. But, um, 
by necessity and it was always a treat though we didn't go out all the time but um at least once a month or something which is probably quite a lot really yeah <laughs> I, I think it i think a real strong memory would be watching we had movie nights on saturday with with the bowl of ripples chips yeah, you know yeah um did you guys you did that yeah we did and generally watching something that's rather inappropriate mm. um like murder mysteries and stuff really violent shit like you know Big like trouble tag, in little china yeah. tag it and stuff no we didn't watch movies <laughs> dad liked a good murder thing so we watched these murder <laughs> mystery things i remember being freaked out by some tag it stuff hey eh? oh but tag the, it the oh, tag worst it. the worst one was this movie that was um a joint british and Norwegian one, and it had all these dolls and houses, and it was absolutely terrifying. And the house burnt down at the end, and all the dolls are melting, kind of like the melting face in um, Indiana Jones at the end. It was just horrific. I can never stand, I can't be in a room with dolls with blinky eyes to this day. Thanks, guys. See you next week. <laughs>